Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from around the world which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello Super Great Kids and how are you? I'm happy because I've been off hiking in the Lake District and now I'm about to go off hiking in some more mountains in a beautiful country called Georgia. While I'm away, the stories will keep coming. And I'm going to ask Story Owl to help me reply to some of your letters and pictures. Today's story comes from the Haida people, who are from islands just off the Pacific Northwest coast, quite near British Columbia in Canada. Canada has the longest coastline in the world and is the second largest country in the world. It is seriously huge and has wonderful mountains and wildlife, including black bears. And, as it happens, ravens, which is the bird in this week's story. The raven plays an important role as a trickster in lots of Native American tales. He's a shapeshifter, which means he has magical powers and can change his shape a bit like the Norse god Loki. I wonder if you can have a think about how many different trickster stories you know while we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. I wonder how many trickster stories you could think of. Here's just a few. There's Kojo the rabbit and Djibouti the tortoise from the Brazilian tale about Kibungu the monster and there's a Nancy and the hot pepper soup. Oh, and a Nancy and Mrs. Chicken. And a Nancy and the tree with the face. And a Nancy and the drum of common sense. And there's Coyote and Baby Turtle. And also Coyote and the big old tree. And Coyote and Spider. And I expect there's lots more. I wonder how many you remembered. And now it's time for our story. So, here's comedian and storyteller Tiernan Duyeb. Do you like the dark? Some people find the dark a bit scary, but most of us know when it's dark, it's time to go to bed, don't we? There's no point in being awake when it's so dark that you can't see anything and you bump into everything. Can you imagine if it was dark all the time? Not just like in winter where it's a bit dark in the morning and it gets dark early in the evening. I mean all of the time. Every minute of every day, dark. What would you do? The Haida people are from a stretch of islands off the coast of British Columbia in Canada. They have many stories passed down through generations about the raven. A greedy, selfish and mischievous trickster who can also be really helpful. And, as you'll find out in this story, very, very useful indeed. This is the story about how the raven brought light to the world. Long, long ago, the world was dark. Darker than it is when you go to bed. Darker than when you put your head under the covers and close your eyes. It was pitch black. You couldn't see a thing. It had never, ever been that dark before, and it has never, ever been as dark since. 
Why was everything so, so dark? Well, it's because an old man who lived in a little house by the river, he had a box. And in this box was, can you guess, another box. And inside that box, what do you think there was? Yes, another box. And in that, another. And in that, another. And in that, another. There were an infinite amount of boxes within the boxes. And then, inside the very last one, was the light of the universe. The old man had hidden it there. A strange thing to do, isn't it? Why would he hide all of the light in the universe? It's because he was scared. You might be scared of the dark, but the old man was scared of the light. He was scared that if he saw the lands around him, he might find them craggy and grey. What if he saw his family and thought their faces were ugly? What if he saw all the animals and fishes and birds and insects and found that looking at them made him feel sick? So he decided rather than find out and worry that he wouldn't like the look of anything around him, he'd just shut away the light in his box of boxes and boxes and then he'd never have to worry about it ever again. But of course, that meant the universe was dark and no one else could see anything either, including the raven. The raven was sick of being in the dark all of the time. He couldn't find his food, he couldn't find his chair, and he kept banging his head into all of his furniture. After the billionth trillionth time he stubbed his beak on the table, the raven decided enough was enough. He was going to have to do something about it. The raven flew all the way to the old man's hut. It took him quite a while as he couldn't see where he was going and he kept bumping into trees and hedges and a cow who got very annoyed about it. When he finally arrived, the raven used all his trickery and mischief to think of a plan. What can I do to get the light back? He thought. He thought and he thought and he thunked and he thinked. And then he had an idea. The raven had shape-shifting powers, you see. That meant he didn't always have to look like a raven. He could change his shape to look like, well, anything. A shoe, a fish, even a plate of spaghetti if he'd wanted to. But for this plan, the raven shrunk himself down, teeny tiny, eeny weeny, until he was the size of a water droplet. He flew into the old man's hut and then he hopped up and jumped into a glass of water that was sitting on the table. The old man had a daughter. She, at this moment, was very thirsty, not least because she couldn't find where her water was half the time because it was quite so dark. But she could just sort of make out on the table a glass of water. Phew! Just in time, she thought. I am parched. Parched is when you're so thirsty that even the word thirsty just isn't enough. She couldn't see the raven in there as he was so small and it was so dark. And because she was so parched, she just very quickly picked up the glass and gulp, 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 drank it all. Raven included. The raven travelled all the way down her throat, all the way inside her. And once there, the next part of his plan began. He turned himself into a human baby, being careful to take his time and grow just like babies do. Many, many months later, the old man's daughter gave birth to a tiny baby boy. The old man was delighted, a grandson, and it didn't matter what he looked like as he couldn't see him in the dark anyway. He loved his gurgling baby noises and soft little tuft of hair. And the old man loved being a granddad so much that he let his grandson do anything he liked. One day, when the boy was a bit older, 
he asked to play with the box of boxes. The old man wasn't sure about this. It was his precious box and his way to keep the light of the universe trapped so he wouldn't have to see what anything looked like. But he loved his grandson and he decided that maybe the boy could open one of the boxes. So the boy did. And then he asked if he could open another one. The old man very uneasily said, yes. And then the boy asked if he could open another and then another. And as the boy got to the last of the infinite amount of boxes within boxes, the old man begged him, please, please don't open that one. But did the boy listen? No, because he wasn't a little boy at all, was he? He was the raven. The last box was opened and light flooded back into every corner of the globe, in every nook and every cranny. The sky was bright with sunshine. The boy turned back into the raven and flew away holding the box of light in his beak. For a moment, the old man had his eyes closed, so upset that his grandson was actually that trickster. But then, when he opened his eyes, he saw how beautiful his family was. He saw how majestic the mountains were, how sparkling blue the river was, and how wonderful all the animals and fish around him were too. He felt ashamed that he'd been so selfish to stop everyone else from seeing it too. As the raven flew away, an eagle saw him and swooped in, trying to catch the box of light from his beak. And the raven tried to dodge him, but the eagle's talons were too strong and knocked the light, causing it to spill into the sky. And that is how we also got the stars and the moon. And that is the story of how the raven brought light to the world. Ooh, thanks to Tiernan for that story. It feeds two birds with one crumb because it's both a how and why story and a trickster tale. Huzzah! Ravens are a bit like crows, which we heard about in the story from Papua New Guinea, the crow and the turtle. But there are some differences. Ravens are a bit bigger, they have a hooked beak and they make a deeper sound than crows. And crows walk along the ground and the ravens sort of hop and skip and jump. And in the sky, crows flap their wings a lot and ravens spread their wings and soar. It's time now for me to dig deep into my bag of happies and say some thank yous. First, I'd like to say a very big thank you to all our subscribers. You're helping us to keep making this podcast. So thanks to all our Patreon and Apple subscribers and our Ko-fi donors. Hello to new Patreon subscribers Rachel and Anna and to Mum Penny, Olive 8 and Isla, who is five, from Morinsville in New Zealand. If you're an Apple subscriber and you'd like a mention, do let us know. If you'd like to give a one-off donation or any amount on Ko-fi, or subscribe to our podcast on Patreon and get to join our Owlets Club and get bonus stories, early access and advert-free, then go to our website on supergreatkidsstories.com. And if you want to subscribe on Apple and also get access to the Owlets Club, go to subscribe in Apple Podcasts. And thank you to Nora from Owensboro in Kentucky for a very kind review on Apple. 
Nora says she and her family are sharing our podcast with everyone they meet. Oh, thank you for that, Nora. You are a super great fan. Now, you've all been drawing and sending just splendid pictures of our stories to share on our Facebook page. So here's some thank yous to super great kids who've sent in pictures recently. Ezra, who is seven years old and is from America and lives in Japan, has sent a fabulous picture of the Japanese story Momotaro, the peach boy, and the scary Oni. Ezra and her little brother Lincoln, who is five, were very excited to hear a story from Japan, which they learned in school. Ezra, I really like the amazing energy and the little details, like the pieces of gold and Momotaro's three friends, the dog, the pheasant and the monkey. And I love the Oni's blue horns and his spiky yellow hair. I can tell you know the story really well. Just lovely. Thanks so much for sharing this. And Olive, who is five, has been colouring pictures from the Super Great Kids colouring book with her best friend Henry, who is four. Olive and Henry live in Los Angeles in California. What beautiful, careful colouring you've done, Olive and Henry. I really like the colours you've chosen. Both the rainbow snake and the bird and also the parrot. And ha! Both the stories you've chosen to colour have birds in them, which is just great because that's our theme at the moment. It looks as if you work together as a team to colour them, which is really great. Teamwork makes the dream work. And Edward, who is five, from Bishop Stortford in the UK, has painted a very jolly picture of Stick Woman. I particularly like the way you've made the sky all swirly and the Stick Woman looks so happy because she's tricking the animals. I know it can be harder to get a picture right when you're using paints and a brush rather than crayons or felt tips, so really well done for that. And Yukiaki has sent us a wonderful picture of Momotaro the Peach Boy. He was very excited to hear his favourite Japanese fairy tale on Super Great Kids. Yukiaki, I'm very pleased that you like our version of this story. I love your picture of Momotaro, who is waving a cheery goodbye to the Oni. I like the little details, like the fact that the ogre is holding a Japanese flag and Momotaro is holding some kibidango or rice cakes. And my favourite bit is the way you've written Go Away Ogres, Oniwasoto, in both English and in Japanese. Very exciting. Thank you. And Nina, who is seven from Puerto Rico, has shared a wonderful picture of how the snakes got their poison. What a great picture of the young warrior who is pouring out the poison which the snakes are licking up. I particularly love the way you've drawn the poison with a variety of squiggly colours. It makes the poison look powerful and alive. Thank you for sharing this. And Nina says that where her grandmother lives in South Carolina, there are snakes which bite called copperheads. And I've had a look and they look proper scary. Ooh, watch out, Nina's grandma. And Mika from Los Angeles has drawn an engaging picture of Baba Yaga and Masha the Clever. Baba Yaga is sitting down at the loom and weaving. Very clever. I love her long pointy nose and her fun little witchy hat too. And Masha looks almost saintly sitting behind Baba Yaga and watching. I particularly like Masha's eyelashes. 
And Lily, who is seven from Miami in Florida, has drawn a fabulous picture of Water Mama. Lily, I really like your Water Mama with her long hair and slightly scary looking face. Really good. Thank you. Glad you like the story. The song is rather creepy though, isn't it? And David, who is four, has sent a great picture of the Three Little Pigs story with a house made of sticks, the little pig and the big bad wolf. David, I love your stick house with all the wind on top coming out of the wolf's mouth. And I really like the wolf's green eyes, which are glowing with hunger. Just super great. Thank you for sharing this. And Vida, who is five, from Victoria in Canada, has sent us a beautiful picture of a rainbow-coloured llama. I love all the bright colours you've given your llama, Vida. I wonder if you can tell a story about your llama to somebody at home. Thank you for sharing it. And Aaron, who is five, has sent a picture of Loki and the Wall of Asgard. I really like your enormous giants with their fierce-looking mouths standing outside the wall of Asgard with Loki smiling safely inside the walls. Very clever. Thanks for sending this. That's it for this week. If you'd like to see these pictures, they're all on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash supergreatkidsstories. Thanks to all our subscribers for making this episode possible. And if you're a subscriber in the Owlets Club, I hope you're enjoying the word searches and the storytelling tips and the book recommendations. Keep telling those stories. I'll see you soon. This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios in London. <laughs> <laughs>